Welcome to Fintech Chat and News, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Welcome to Fintech News. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins, and in this special edition, I chat to Scott Hayes of Mendoza Ventures about the Silicon Valley bank crash. Scott shares his first-hand experience of events as they unfolded last Thursday with an urgent call from the CEO of SVB. As we know, things quickly escalated from there, leaving most VC firms with little choice but to recommend their portfolio companies withdraw their funds. Scott shares his views on what went wrong, how it could have been avoided, and what the impacts will be both short and long term for the global startup sector. Before I chat to Scott, make sure to follow us if you're new to the show. And if you're coming back, thanks for your support. Well, Scott, welcome. Um, what, what a weird, weird week. Thanks, Dexter. Happy to be here. And, uh, you know, most definitely a weird week. It changed pretty quickly, probably about lunchtime on Thursday for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you've had a ring, ringside seat to events this last week. Absolutely. So it was actually quite unique. Um, you know, we're really busy at the moment. We're fundraising for a couple of funds. We're helping founders. We're leaning in. Times are a bit tough. Um, and, but also, you know, um, it's, I've got CFO duties. I'm, I'm, it's in the middle of tax season and getting tax accounts out to all our investors and stuff like that. So two o'clock on Thursday, I got this unusual email from Silicon Valley Bank saying that uh, the CEO would like to speak to all the VC clients. And I thought that's quite strange because you don't normally get these emails. So straight away, I Googled Silicon Valley Bank and saw the share price was down 55% at lunchtime. So I go, okay, something bad's going down here. And then I mentioned like there was an 8K report and saying they're going to do an emergency equity raise of $2.5 billion. And, you know, I was a banker for 25 years and my experience is stuff like this, when it's dropped on the market like that, it's never good. Yeah. So, you know, I, it was, I dialed in onto the CEO call. No questions were allowed to be asked. We we'll, were spoken for the, for 10 minutes. The CEO just told us and, and you know, my experience as a banker straight away, I just, uh, it just, it just screamed to me that this was just badly mismanaged from the start, mm. you know, um, he, he actually blamed the, the, the Fed increased interest rates and that's what caused the problem. And straight away you go, well, you're the 16th biggest bank in America. You're advisory tech and VC founder in, in America and globally. Um, you're quite sophisticated and you're blaming that we didn't know that interest rates were going to go up. And this is, these were the most telegraphed interest rate rises I've ever seen yeah. in my career. So straight away it's just like, okay. Um, and he didn't own the issue, like saying, well, hang on, we try to get 20 basis points better return so I can meet my numbers every 90 days and get a, get my bonus. You know, that's the real underlying yeah. reason why I bet the bank on something like this. And straight away after that, I just said to um, Adrian Mendoza, my GP, he's like, you know, we just got to let our companies know that they should take action and look to yeah. move their cash out. Yeah. And it was, and it was just funny, like, you know, um, Friday morning at 9am, we were told that the FDIC had stepped in. They now had control of Silicon Valley Bank. And the day before, $42 billion US dollars was transferred out of the bank. Um, so it was the old classic run, but it's also the confidence thing. And uh, 
um, you know, it's just how, how, how it is. Yeah. Very unique. Yeah. So, um, I've seen a few people kind of, you know, make reference that this was probably the first bank run in the Twitter, Twitter age. And I, you know, the irony being that, um, you know, the advancements in tech made it possible for the amount of deposits to be taken out as quickly as, as they were. Um, what's, what's your take on that? I'm absolutely right because, you know, I, I didn't even know anything was going on. I was just immersed in my work and by 2.35, I'm telling our companies that they need to take action and get the money out of the banks, you know, straight away. And then you look on all the social media, especially Twitter. Twitter's the VC favourite. Yeah. Um, it's And it's actually quite funny. It's mainly VCs just telling everyone what to do. Yeah. But I was all over that, that, you know, you need to take action. But the funny thing is too, look, you know, I'm a custodian of our investors' money. We've got three funds and 10 SPVs. And as a fiduciary duty, you have to do the right yeah. by your clients. So this is why people were decisive and took action. There's plenty who didn't, but, um, you know, that's just what it was. Mm. It's, it was just at lightning speed this happened. Yeah. It seemed like it was a solvable problem on Wednesday um, and very quickly escalated. What's your take as to what could have perhaps been done a bit better to, you know, um, you know, avoid this this kind of you know almost catastrophic event? I think the messaging was extremely bad. Um, and there was one line there when the CEO just said, "We are fine, we're all good, unless everyone takes their money out," and that was like the death knell for him to actually say that. But also, yeah, look. You know, I think it was the day that the uh, the crypto bank went into insolvency yeah. too. So, you know, it was a double whammy. And we've all got to remember too, for the last 10 to 12 years, everything's been priced to perfection. Every asset's gone up because yeah. of zero interest rates. That is now reversing. And any hint of bad news, the hedge funds just take over and yeah. that's it. You, you know, you get obliterated and that's yeah. pretty much what happened. We've seen some pretty appalling behaviour, I have to say, by some prominent VC types, you know, scaremongering, you know, and, and tr almost like you have to assume they're trying to short the banking market in, in the US. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, look, unfortunately, you know, VC in, in general as an industry, it doesn't have a great reputation. There are people out there who are quite predatory, um, you know, and it's it, it is disappointing, but that's you know, how some people operate. But you also got to remember too, you're in the lens of America where the dollar rules yeah. and it doesn't matter how you gain that dollar, you can be a, a really bad actor and no one cares you celebrate because yeah. you've earned all these billions and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy over here. So, you know, it's um, it's definitely un-Australian. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in America, no one cares. It's all about the dollar. Yeah, I was, and look, I, I kind of made the point a little bit tongue in cheek, and maybe it's not the time for humour, but it seems like Silicon Valley has finally disrupted banking, not the way they intended. Yeah, yeah ab absolutely. It's um, it, it was just funny though how this blew up, and I was a, you know, I've been a financial institutions banker. This could have been completely avoided. Yeah, a bank of that size and magnitude that didn't have. Treasury is a basic function of banking and banking's trust, and it's all about mitigating risk. How they could bet the bank on long-dated bonds and not hedge their position to match the liabilities position is an absolute joke. Yeah. And any treasurer in the world, you know, would be gobsmacked to see a bank of this size 
just run their book like that and then complain when the Fed lifts rates saying they didn't know. Yeah. It's, you know, that's completely mismanagement in my book. I actually feel sorry for a lot of the staff. The people in the ecosystem are fantastic. Mm. They do own the ecosystem. And I've been in a bank where something like this has happened. You know, we, the bank didn't have a run, but you go to work every day, you do the best by your clients, you take pride in, in the brand, and then something happens above out of your control. It's absolutely devastating. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of good people at Silicon Valley Bank who are good supporters and um, of the ecosystem, and, you know, it's, it's shattering for them. Mm. They'll blindsided. Now, um, you and I have kind of swapped kind of war stories about, <laughs> you know, 2008 um, and kind of the events that happened then. Um, we, we've seen, you know, there's been a little bit of kind of scaremongering here in Oz and, you know, there's going to be a banking collapse. Um, what's your take on the, the, Aussie, the health of the Aussie banking system and do you think there's the likelihood of anything similar to happen here? I think Australia is one of the most soundest ecosystems in the world, especially for banking. You know, um, APRA is is all across this. And I'll give an example. In 2008, when the world blew up then, um, I, I was a natural resource banker in the middle of a massive deal that fell over, but none of the banks got taken down. And then 12 months later, I moved into property, but the property portfolio I had, the directive from APRA to the bank I was at, was your overweight disposition, you need to shed and you need to bring back into alliance for diversification. And so something like this, a concentrated risk in one or two industries like Silicon Valley Bank mm. would never happen. Yeah. So I think stuff like this, Australia has learned there. They learned from, you know, the HIH insurance yeah. stuff when APRA came on board then. Um, I, it's very, very minimal chance that something like this would happen in yeah. Australia, especially from the big four banks. Yeah. Um, now we, we are hearing kind of, um, you know, stories and, and, and kind of reports coming in that there are some Aussie tech businesses who are impacted by this. And I think there might be 15 to 20 that I'm hearing. Um, what's the, what's the status on the ground right now? And, and kind of, has there been any developments, um, over the last 24 hours as to, you know, what potential outcomes or, or what's going to happen to people's money? Yeah, that there has, Dexter's just been announced recently that the, the Fed, is going to backstop all the deposits from Silicon Valley Bank. So everyone tomorrow should have 100% access to their funds. Um, us as a firm, we have very minimal um, exposure, not firm directly, just through one SPV and it's a minimal amount. I expect to be able to have access to those funds tomorrow. Yeah. So for the Australian companies, that I believe that'll be the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that, and that just shows you too, that I, they actually had a very good program where they helped Australian yeah. founders come to America, open up bank facilities, very proactive. I know that team and that team were awesome. They have got the best interest of the clients at heart and for them, they've actually been blindsided by this too. And, yeah. you know, they've been left in the lurch too. So, you know, it's it's, it's just hard, something like that all around. Um, Australian companies, what do we do? It's, it's a relationship game. And this is even more example that if you come to America and it's a market you need to be in, you need to have boots on the ground. Yeah. You need to develop. Good relationships, they need to be broad. With my old banking hat on, you need to have multiple banks. And that's just a risk diversification. I've seen this play out before. Unfortunately, this movie, you know, it's not a new yeah, movie. It's not. It seems to every 10 years to be replayed. But, um, you know, it's all about developing good relationships with a number of people and, and um, yeah, putting the work in. Mm. Um, 
And I guess, look, you know, if you maybe can tell us a little bit about Mendoza as well and potentially how you help Aussie, Aussie tech firms launch in, in, in the US. Yeah, absolutely. No, so Mendoza Ventures, we're a fintech AI cybersecurity firm. We're um, currently, we had our first close of Fund Free, which is a $100 million um, Series A to B uh, fund. And, you know, we've had two investments made that already. And we are after good quality companies. Um, so if Australian companies are looking to come to America and they're in that range, the only caveat is most of our investors, well, not most, but a lot of them are banks and US banks. And so the Australian entities will have to be Delaware, C-Corp. Yeah. So you virtually have to have your head office in America. You have to do the flip. <clears throat> We're governed by that. So that that's another example too that you can't sort of um, run a global empire from Sydney. So yeah. You know, you have to be able to be on the ground and this is your growth market. And um, what what types of, are there any kind of areas within fintech and AI that you're particularly interested in? You know, if there's Aussie companies out there that, that yeah, should reach out. Yeah, absolutely. So in fintech, we don't, the, what's, the stuff we do not do is crypto and prop tech and the crypto side, we're, we're thankful we've never really looked at that, but we yeah. do like blockchain. So we like infrastructure. We like, you know, um, payment rails. We like anything that helps businesses, especially banks, insurance companies, big corporates, you know, save a dollar, make a dollar and bring efficiencies to the workplace. AI is great because it can cross over to anything. So, you know, underlying fintechs or anything, you can have an AI component. So mm-hmm. it's a good catch-all for those sort of uh, industries. Yeah, I know you, you kind of, touched on crypto there. Um, it feels like this kind of silic, this SVB kind of outcome, um, has played right into the hands of us regulators and the SEC and the kind of pushes that they've been making recently. And it almost feels like it's a massive self-inflicted wound by the whole tech ecosystem in the US. It's kind of just, it's almost like a, a classic kind of rope-a-dope uh, <laughs> outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What's your sense as to kind of what some of the, the ramifications of this might be um, now that you know, you've got the FDIC coming in and regulators coming in to rescue the day? Yeah, it's, look, you know, you're right. It's, it's, it's actually a negative. Like we saw this with the FTX collapse. And, you know, just the general view they like on crypto now and blockchain, you know, blockchain companies are finding it harder if they want to go in the regulation path to actually fit the right box and now get, mm. you know, the tick off from the, the regulator, the SEC, you know, this here. And the funny thing is like this, this affects everyone in tech and this amazing ecosystem, but it actually doesn't affect Main Street. Main Street has no sympathy whatsoever yeah. has happened with Silicon Valley Bank and they do not want to bail out the rich guys from Silicon Valley at all. Yeah. That's the general consensus of the average American. Yeah. So, you know, so the SEC and uh, the government agencies, they're, they're not here to really help the, the industry now. They'll probably be harder. And, you know, you'll just have to play by the rules that yeah. they, they put out there. And uh, as you 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 know, um, you know, the, the reality is that it's actually not bailing out the rich guys. There's a lot of small business owners and founders who put everything on the line and have everything, you know, at stake right now. Um, you know, which, you know, that's, I think the message that we, we kind of have to be getting out there. This isn't, you know, kind of some, you know, just 
few VC who are who are creaming off the top. This is actually you know mum and dads and you know people with families just trying to get by. No, absolutely, Dixie. This is the devastating part, right? You know, um, Friday morning with this number of stories of people whose payroll just yeah. couldn't go through. They had cash in the bank, but couldn't do it. They've, they've recut their balance sheet and cash flows for the times and the, and the market and got runway and the funds have taken yeah. away. You know, and the knock-on effect that is, and even just for the ecosystems around that, you know, for the wider economy, it's, you know, it's, it's devastating. You feel for these people, especially founders, right? Because they normally put everything on the line to yeah. have a crack and have a go and trying to make this a success. And, you know, it is tough funding environment, right? So yeah. uh, everyone's bootstrapping and doing the best they can to get to a path to profitability. Yeah. So if there's a silver lining from this, all of this, Scott, what do you think it might be? Oh, I think, you know, it's this, you just can't get past the, the, just the diversification bit, the sound business management practice that everyone should employ. You just need to have wide relationships. You've got to be careful who you partner with too. Mm. Um, I hopefully that there'll be firms, you know, and we like to put ourselves in this bucket that you can partner with that actually lean in and help yeah. as opposed to, you know, take off the top and, you know, and this, unfortunately there's been a few who've headed straight for the exits and, you know, haven't helped with others have leaned in. So, yeah. you know, like, like anything, you just got to be, be present and just put the time in and just develop relationships. Yeah, mate, there's a saying that I have for times like this where stars shine in the dark. And I think this is a one of those times where we'll see who the real stars are. And as you say, those who kind of run for the hills at the sign of trouble. Absolutely, Dexter. And um, yeah, I think we're, I'm in for a busy couple of weeks and we are as a firm, but we're totally here for our founders. And, yeah. you know, um, we've, we've got a good network and a good ecosystem and that's that's the important part, and everyone's everyone's pulling together to get through this, and then take a big breath, and then we'll just push on. Awesome. Well, Scott, look, it's been great to catch up with you. Um, thanks for for calling in. Um, uh, you know, next time, I think we'll have something hopefully a little bit more <laughs> kind of positive to talk about. And yeah, take care, my friend. Thanks, Dexter. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to catch up and have a chat. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for listening, folks. You can follow me, as always, on LinkedIn and Twitter. Make sure to give the podcast the follower and a review if you're new to the show. It really helps in supporting the show and gives me the feedback I need to keep on improving and bringing in great guests like Scott. Until the next episode, keep well. Fintech Chatter is brought to you by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We'll help you find world-class fintech leadership talent to build world-class fintech ventures. And you can find us at tier1people.com.